Today is May 23rd. We've got sharp stats. We've got bantering with Booney. We've got a lot of fun stuff to discuss because the Yanks are rolling. Vibes are good. Let's talk some Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy Jake. Recaps galore. Weekly awards. Set lines. Steven hot takes. Get your Yankees news. Hello and welcome to Talking Yanks, episode 910. My name is Jimmy. His name is Jake. It's brought to you by SeatGeek and producer BBD is behind the screen. Jake, we had a nice off day yesterday. On Monday, we have a uh, three-game set coming up with Baltimore, who's a pretty good and worthy opponent right now. Uh, How was your off day? Brought to you by our event at the Taylor, June 3rd. We'll see you guys there. There's still a couple tickets left. We're almost sold out. Uh, So if you're thinking about coming, June 3rd at the Taylor, uh, five thirty. Yeah, and put Yankees, this on the Dodgers. top of the show, and then do it again. It'll be like uh, this is coming up later. Moment, Whoa! Did it, it happen twice? James Davis. My off day was good. My off day was good. Um, hung out with nudes. Uh, checked in on the NBA, or though Jim, I don't know if you know this, but they're uh, <laughs> they're eyeing a double conference final sweep before what would be the championship game. Mm-hmm. So if the Celtics get swept tonight, there will be, I think, nine days without basketball <laughs> before their championship. That <laughs> stinks. Which is crazy. And the playoffs uh, have been so good, and then this this round, two sweeps, so, and doesn't start. So that's two. pretty crazy. And, hey, that leaves a nice little window for baseball. <laughs> and I guess that's, Jim, you heard it in my voice the other day when I referenced, like, you at the beach. I'm in this weird purgatory where it's like, I'm full-blown ready for summer. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, we're in that northeast holding pattern of like it could be here June first, or it could not be here till like July fourth. Yeah. So I'm in a little bit of a funk there, and I'm excited to see this Orioles series, man. Um, I'm going down the shore two days for sure on Thursday. Uh, um, you know, the Orioles are what two and a half games ahead of us, or three games up on us. That like, you know, if the Yankees really drop at this series, we're gonna be in full tilt. Excitement mode. Eat the Rays. Like, you'll be yelling that. Who won yesterday? Uh, Rays, obviously. Jays are dying. Damn. Yeah. I kind of wanted them to clip them on their way out. Yeah, I mean, there's a part of me that really wants one of the AL East teams to go full sad boy. For, dude, definitely. I mean, so Red Sox I, have to at some point, right? So I guess that's my, if you're looking at boxes to check, I would rather, you know, there's a lot of season to catch the Rays. Mm-hmm. I would rather the Sox or Jays go full sad boy, you're out. I'd rather check that box first, and then we'll figure out the race, you know? Makes sense. Makes sense. I just don't want them to get a big lead again. Right. Would love to keep them. So I guess oh, they're done. Whoever the Rays play next, they schedule, should, they should win. It's a very easy schedule. Like, don't get me wrong. Crazy impressive. The Yankees did the same thing last April. The Rays are good. The but, Rays are really good. But they played, like, the bad teams are really bad this year, and there's, like, four of them, and they played, all, they played them a lot. It's their whole schedule. So, um, and When the Yankees get... sweep the Oakland, the A's, and the Yankees sweep the Reds, it's like, ooh. Yeah. We, can, we should do, we should catch up a Different little. Different tiers. Uh, 
So yeah, how, how, what's up with you, Doc? That's all. Snoop. That's all. Not much. I'm excited to chat. I see what uh, Katie's got for us. Snoop a loop. The sharpest of stats. I love sharp stats. Should we just do them? Let's do them. Nothing else going on, right? Sharp stats are brought to you by Shady Rise. Ooh. Shady Rise. Uh, I call them Shady Riz because when I wear them, that's how I feel. Uh, Shady Rays take on the sun. Wow. Take on the sun. It's pretty intense. That's World-class product. Bold. Just as good as any expensive pair you've ever worn. Durable frames, extremely clear optics like that. And they've got their lost and broken replacement guarantee. So basically, you get a pair of Shady Rays, you get them for life. They've been a huge partner with us in our Blitzball battle that's going on right now. Um... We love Shady Rays. We're like partners for life. Like, I've heard, like, our sales team talking about them, and everyone's, like, happy as a clam. So go to Shady Rays. Use code YANKS, and you have 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. You need two pairs this summer. Get yourself a pair. Get a friend a pair. Click the link in the description. Get yourself some sunnies. Get yourself some sunnies. K-Sharp. Queen of stats here, and the Yankees are rolling. So we finally have something good to say here on the uh, the sharp stats. So now what I want to talk about is Glaber Torres. And I know a lot of the chatter the earliest season has been about he, the increase in his walk percentage. And it, it is pretty remarkable. He does have the 10th largest increase in walk percentage among qualified hitters from last year to this year. But I think something even more incredible, and what I'd like to really highlight this uh, this week is the decrease that he's had in his strikeout percentage. So he he's, uh, decreased his strikeout percentage by 10 percentage points, which is the third largest decrease in strikeout percentage among qualified hitters from last year to this year. So he's got the 10th largest increase in walk percentage and the third largest decrease in strikeout percentage. Pretty impressive combo right there. And the reasons for it are are obvious. Um, and probably very noticeable if anybody's watched uh, Yankee games this season. He has decreased his whiff percentage, that's swing and miss percentage, by 6.1%, uh, which is the fifth biggest decrease um, in Major League Baseball from last year to this year. And especially with two, tri- two strikes, he's nearly cut that by two-thirds from 16% to 6%. Uh, so his whiff percentage with two strikes. And he's chasing less with two strikes also. He's cut that percentage in half. Uh, from 14% to 7%. So overall, he's becoming, I believe, a more complete hitter. He's not just selling out for power and home runs. And um, we see that with those two-strike numbers I mentioned. Uh, His two-strike OPS is now 62% better than league average. Uh, Last year, he was 7% below league average uh, with two strikes. So a huge improvement there. Um, He's hitting more batted balls to the opposite field. We'd love to see that with Glaber. He's also, this whole new approach has made him a much better situational hitter. So he is scoring the runner on third with less than two outs at a rate of 58%. Um, That's compared to a league average rate of 50%, and last year it was 38%. And uh, he's also having more productive outs, and that's uh, advancing a runner with no outs or driving in a runner with a second out of the inning, which he, he has nearly doubled that rate. Uh, the one caveat is that his his power is down a little bit. His hard hit percentage is down by about 10 percentage points. But I believe there's potential for more power as his max ELO 
exit below is unchanged from last year and his sweet spot percentage has increased. So a lot of good with Glaber. We just got to get him hitting those hard, hitting a few more hard hit balls. Talk to you guys next week. Thank you very much to the queen of stats, Katie Sharp. This is a, a, I've tweeted about this. I've talked about it on the show. It's a savant page that I continuously check because when you watch Glaber's at bats, you can see the eye test that he is a different hitter. Uh, and he, and it's kind of really fun to watch. I don't know what his stats are, his slash line on the season. I know they dipped back down, and then they were on their way up. I don't know where they fall right now. Obviously, I can look it up and find it. But, uh, but yeah, it's been very impressive with two strikes watching him bat. And if you haven't noticed it, put it in your brain as something to uh, pay attention to because it is playing spoiler more. He's led to a lot of soft contact with two strikes, but those have, like Katie said, led to productive outs. And, um, yeah, it's something visibly I've just noticed by watching games. Again, the Reds game, he scored, was it Volpe at third or someone at third? Um, it was a it was a two-strike slider away, and he just punched it for the sack fly. Like a productive yeah. out with two strikes. It's pretty good. People suck with two strikes. It might have been one of Greg Allen's It was Allen's runnings. triple. Yeah. It was Allen's triple, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, there's two things in a... Well, let's fully cover Glaber. I do think this. There's a part of it this this that can pivot into a DJ discussion. Those two guys have been linked up for a little bit, and some of the spots in the batting order. Uh, Glaber, I thought it was interesting because I I mentioned it last episode that uh, with his uh, final game in Cincinnati because he hit a home run, his numbers were going to be eerily in line with his career numbers yeah. and his numbers from last year, uh, which. I do think there's more dissecting, and I think that's where Katie Sharp's stats are good news for us because he's, he's got a 112 OPS plus. Uh, last year in career, he's a 114 OPS plus. So, you know, you're, you're right around it for a 48-game sample. We know the walks and strikeout stuff has been really impressive. He's basically a walk to strikeout this year, uh, which is insane because last year he was 39 walks, 129 punch-outs. And that's a major sign for a hitter that they're seeing the ball and reacting well. And that's why I love Katie Sharp's stats at the end, that the hard hit rate and barrel rate is there because right now his on-base percentage is looking very impressive compared to last year, but the slugging is down a little bit. So if that slugging is coming, I'm excited for that because the other thing we have to put in our heads about Glaber last year is one of the worst months in baseball history, the August that if you take that out of Glaber's, he's not a 114 OPS plus. He's he, you know, he probably would have been like a 130 OPS plus guy. Like at that month, he was clearly in his head. He thought he was getting traded. He was probably told he got traded by his agent or someone because the Yankees had a trade for Pablo Lopez. So if you take that out, and I guess that's where I want Glaber to go, is when we bring it back to the leadoff hitter conversation that we'll see if Volpe ever has like a go stretch because you, th you think in the Yankees' loins they want that, but that's a really big ask for a rookie hitter, especially ahead of Aaron Judge, that if Glaber Torres can be the guy that wins our leadoff spot because they love DJ down in the lineup a little bit, I love the walk numbers and everything Katie just gave us. It's just I'm where Glaber Torres' stat line is currently at, if he's going to be our leadoff guy, I do need the numbers to be a tick up from that. Yeah, the, the batting average is not great right now. 
I want that to come up. I don't care that much about the slug. If he stays in the 430, 450 range slugging, that's fine. He has clearly two different approaches. We've seen this in the last couple of years, um, but he's actually perfecting it much right. better now. Like his slugging is really good on the first pitch. Or if you look at like in 1 0 counts, 2 0 counts, he's slugging 570, 570. A full count, um, he's slugging 600 and zero strikes. So any 1 0 0, 1 0, 2 0, um, he has 1 3 0 hit. He, his slugging is really good. If you look at his, you know, two strikes, he is with two strikes, his OPS now compared to the rest of the league with two strikes, he's got a 162 OPS plus. So he's way better than the rest of the league with two strikes. The slugging is 340, but he's putting the ball in play uh, or or working it to a walk eventually and getting on base. Um, and I like that. I like his approach. I... Uh, He's not your typical leadoff hitter. Like it, like I almost don't want him to change to become that. It's just like kind of by default that he's there, right? And that's that's where um, you know it's, I was just looking at DJ's numbers before this, and they're uh, I don't know, not kind of not where I thought DJ's numbers were. Uh, so it's just something to track because DJ did seem very comfortable in the leadoff spot, and as we've talked, as we bantered with Boone, which we're bantering with Boone in a little bit, you know they. They do love and seem to value Glaber's versatility in the lineup that he could be one, four, six, like where wherever that lands. That I don't know. It's definitely going to be an intriguing part of this season for me because Volpe has the speed that if you can, if that guy's getting on base, and if that guy's getting on base in the same realm as Glaber, you want Volpe up there because of the havoc he can cause and the distraction yeah. he can be to a pitcher with Aaron Judge up. Like, yeah. that, Next that year, leadoff spot in front of Judge is so important to where this Yankees offense can Volpe go. Volpe transcends the leadoff spot better, but not yet. I just, I, I don't think the pressure is there. I mean, maybe after the All-Star break, if he really starts going, he's comfortable. Right. I'm not saying never this year. But right now, I'd let him figure things out. And then, by happenstance, like, Glaber just gets moved around. So, he's there. Yeah, I, I he, guess he is really good at pitches per plate appearance. I was very surprised. Yeah. Glaber is averaging four pitches per plate appearance. That's the equivalent of having a batting average that starts with a three. Like, you know, you're upper echelon MLB player if you're averaging four pitches per plate appearance, which he's, he is. I was shocked by that. He's letting it eat on that first pitch, but if he doesn't, it feels like he's he's having extended at bats. Yeah. Um, they, yeah, um, I, I yeah. guess in my head, and it's a little bit of a mental hurdle for me, if he's going to be this Glaber Torres that's showing a fantastic eye this season, um, I almost need it to trend up a little more and be like a 350 on base guy. Again, he's at 338, so with a, you know, with two good games against Baltimore, the numbers can be there. Um you know, I, I'd kind of want that OPB to, OBP to be north of 350 or or have the slugging come back and just have the top of our lineup be Threat City with Glaber, Judge, Rizzo, and ideally Stanton coming back. Man, he had a really bad stretch. The last Cleveland... Oh, he didn't even play that last Cleveland game. So the Minnesota... I mean, I guess all the Yankees were not playing great. Yeah, that was funky time. But Minnesota and then the Angels, which they did win that series, and then Toronto, that homestand. Was that their second homestand? Like, I mean, he, that is a brutal stretch for him. I wonder if after that to now, if the numbers are, you know, 
No, they're not. They're the same. They're so yeah. He needs to. He needs to take up the on base. Maybe you cut like maybe it is what you're saying. Either cut out that first swing or those big swings and just be the pesty guy the whole time. But that's not going to help him in a contract year that's coming up um, after this year. After this year, still. Yeah. No. I. I, I think he's better suited for the six hole, but. That's kind of where I'm at, and that's uh, so part of the reason that I, like, my brain that mid mid Katie Sharp jumped to DJ. I was like, where are DJ's numbers at? Uh, DJ's had a little bit of a funk these last five games, one for seventeen, and that's really changed his numbers. Because uh, six six games ago, DJ was two seventy five, three forty four, eight oh one, and I was like, I I like those numbers. Um, right now, DJ LeMahieu sits 252-324-737. So um, that's after a, a slumpy stretch, and, you know, that's baseball, so hopefully that goes away. But I don't know, something to track, because if if DJ, I guess it's a, it's a mental exercise for me, because in theory, in my head, I've seen what DJ can offer from the leadoff spot, and if he's right, that's electric, but what DJ is supposed to be kind of game-changing for is splitting up Judge and Stanton because yeah. it's a totally different approach. But And I guess I need to see that, but I haven't seen Stanton there. And then I don't know. And Rizzo's going to do that now. Does that make Stanton your... So then it would... So so it would be Glaber... Be DJ 5. Rizzo... Or Glaber, Judge, Rizzo, Stanton, DJ? Yeah. I believe that's what they want, but they want Volpe leading off or, or someone else that has a better skill set. But but Glaber has the second highest pitches per plate appearance on the yeah. team, which is kind of nuts. It's Judge, uh, and Judge is at – he is, like, good. I mean, every fucking Judge number is really good. Judge – oh, Donaldson was – oh, this is last year. Hold on. Hold on. Donaldson was good last year at it. So Glaber's 71st. He's in the top 100. Um, this comes down by the end of the year. But Judge is 14th, averaging 4.3 pitches per plate appearance. Uh, Glaber's averaging four. But even, you know, Volpe's 3.8. DJ LeMayu's 3.8. Rizzo's 3.8. I was shocked by that. It doesn't feel that way because he swings at the first pitch like almost every at-bat. That's an eight. Yeah. But the two-strike approach is really nice. Really nice. Yeah, and that's the thing. If that walk to strikeout ratio stays around there, like that's that's very valuable. Like you know, think about and what we're talking about two strikes. Like if Glaber Torres, when his lead up spot comes back around, if if he gives you the best shot to extend an inning to let Judge hit again, because you know every time <laughs> it's that ironic part of the Judge home run chase. Like in theory, every time Judge comes up leading off an inning. It's not a waste of that bad. It's obviously, it's Aaron Judge, and he's got a really good chance to get on base, and he, he might because they can walk him easily. But, you know, think about an inning. If it's, if it's the fifth inning and a pitcher's on their 80th pitch, there's a runner on first and Glaber's up, or whoever the leadoff hitter is. If Glaber with two strikes can flick a ball to right field, and now there's two on, it's the starting pitcher's 20th pitch of the inning and Judge is up, that's when you win games. Yeah. Like, that's, that is the moment. So, um, this is the moment. I'm very interested to see where Glaber keeps going. And, yeah, it, um, it feels good. And like what Katie said at the end, it feels like that slugging should tick up a little bit. Um, 
And I think I think we will see that. I I think after watching his home run in Cincinnati and even that easy sacrifice fly, Glaber truly does have an inside out swing that is built for right field at Yankee Stadium. He does. He like full blown does. <laughs> yeah. And he's supposed to be a contact guy. That juice ball got in his head a little bit about swinging for the fences. Sure did. Would have got in mind too. Yeah. I'm 22 and I'm hitting 38, 38 homers for the Yankees. Like, yeah, man, pretty insane. If yeah. I did that I'm right try now, to do that again. If I did that right now, I'd be pretty like hype with myself. Even more than if you were 20. It'd be crazy. Three. It'd yeah, be like be, this. You'd be way more excited now. The storyline in sports would be, be nuts. You'd be like cocky at 23. You'd be like, yep. Told you I had it in me. YouTuber hits 38 homers for the Yanks. How'd this yeah. even happen? That's how they'd call you, a YouTuber? I don't know. Probably. I think that'd be like the easiest out for them. Maybe they'd say podcaster. I don't know. Okay. Let us know what YouTube's you think. YouTube's kind of bigger, bigger than the podcast. Yeah. Not for us. Not this show. But. Boone, where are you? <laughs> Jim, bantering with Boone. Yeah. BWB, as it's being called in the streets. BWB. is brought to you by Vizio. Maybe you're watching on a Vizio. Vizio has award-winning TVs and sound bars at insane prices. Vizio, V, value. Just connect all those dots in your head. 4K screens under 500. And it's perfect for catching baseball all year long. If you got an MLB.TV subscription, link to your Amazon Prime account, then stream live games on Amazon Prime Video. They've got their Watch Free Plus that offers MLB Network totally free, right out of the box. Vizio, the MVP of value, premium performance for surprisingly low prices. Head over to Vizio.com to check out how you can elevate your viewing experience all season long. Whatever your budget or size of your home, Vizio has you covered with the perfect TV and soundbar combo. Click the link in the description. Go get a Vizio TV or 10. Go Vizio. Baseball. Booney, things are going well. Good to see you. Off day Good crew. Good to be <laughs> um, hey, we're going to hit you with our journalism stuff, and then we'll get into this fun stuff. Um, hey, Stanton update. I think last we heard, we, we heard games could be coming this week. Uh, and then I guess Rodon or Canely, if you got anything there too. Um, so G's doing well. He is very close. Um, I know he's going to be doing baseball activities with us this week, and then we'll make a decision on, you know, rehab games, not rehab, all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's getting very close. He's doing well. Uh, Rodon is here in New York. He got up here this weekend, so he's transferred his rehab. So he'll be with us, which is good. I have not seen him yet. Obviously it's pretty early as we tape this. Um, so I'm kind of here before all the players. Um, but he's, he's doing well. Um, he's been out to 120 feet or 110 feet. Um, and then Canely, uh, actually watched his second, um, second rehab go around, uh, on Sunday, uh, on video actually this morning. And he looks good. He start, he feels good. Looks like Tommy. Um, so he is now coming up here and he will go to, I don't know if it's Somerset or Scranton next. Uh, I, don't, I don't know where the schedule lies, but I think he's due to throw, um, prop, I think, tomorrow. Okay. 
All right. That sounds like fun stuff. Yeah, we're moving in decent direction here. Stan coming back, adding him. I actually don't know who I'm more excited about, Stan or Canely, because I just want, you know, the bullpen has been amazing, but it's also like your decisions are somewhat made for you, it seems, because it's just like who's available. <laughs> like you haven't yeah. had too many options where it's like, well, I can go to one of these three guys. It's kind of like, well, we got these three guys for these four innings. So they've been doing incredibly well as an awesome road trip. I want to talk to you about you being uh, ejected. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you know the math and the the pace of your ejections. Uh, someone on um, Reddit made it very uh, simple to follow. You are on an all-time career pace. You are getting ejected more. And and Bell, because you guys both got ejected the same game. Your rate is more than Cox and Weaver. Did you know that? I did not. All I heard, someone told me 29 the other day. So um, Every 26.1 games. Are you an angry guy? What's going on here? Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I think you guys know me well. I'm not. I'm not. Um so I'm going to try and slow. I don't want to keep that pace. I will try to slow that pace. Um, we'll just see. have to see how it plays out. Maybe uh, we'll hopefully it's just we're consider this at this point a small sample size. <laughs> okay. okay. Do you think, you know, with Bell as well, uh, it's it's in your blood? Like you grew up, your dad was a manager, your grandpa's manager. Same with him. You know, come from a line of managers well, David, that David's even more mild mannered than me, I think. But he is also he get he has a switch that I don't have. He goes he goes to another level. Um, um, he's when he when he gets mad, he he gets it's blackout mad. Yeah, because he was pretty calm his first one. He, I didn't make a video on it, but you could read his lips, and he's like, "Why did you eject me?" And he was just very matter of fact, like what, why? And then he, and then it really, oh, I'm ejected. Okay. I'll yell about everything that's been pissing me off this whole game. And he went a little crazy. It was fun yeah. to see, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. I didn't think you were going to be, you know, those are all time great manager ejections and you're on pace for a career high with 10. So I think slow down, but yeah, might as well get your career high at this point. No, no, don't want to do that. Okay. And why the money? Or just internal feeling, or you know, does your wife get on you? Like, what's the biggest reason you don't like it? Um, well, I don't like getting fined. Okay. Um, um, I don't know. I just my goal is not to get kicked out of games. I mean, that's um, and you know, my daughter. Usually, my family doesn't say much about my ejections. It's just kind of not spoken about, really. (laughs) Um, But my daughter did. Apparently she she texted me that she liked my gum toss or something, okay, and okay. I had to tell her to do as I say, not as I do. That's yeah. good advice. <laughs> I had to go with that. Make the Mickey Mantle uh, advice. She she wasn't sure what that meant. <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> so yeah, you get ejected in the first inning. I mean, isn't it just like an off day? You're just giving yourself back to back off days. Yeah, no that that's what Rizzo was getting on me. Rizzo and Judgey like, oh, I see you. Okay. It wasn't that, you know, I shouldn't have got ejected and, and not, yeah, you know, I just, I I didn't get an explanation. So, um, I was a little upset, um, uh, on the replay, you you can't come out and argue replay, which I was trying to be very clear that I'm not arguing the replay. I want to know what's, what they said to you, like what, what was the explanation and, 
and they just kept saying you can't argue replay and so i clapped back a little bit at that yeah there's a difference between arguing and just like getting clarification i guess but they don't want you to get that sometimes maybe they don't have it all right There's a question that we've been uh, talking about asking you for a while with our audience, but then there's more pressing things. Uh, but you did have an extra inning game uh, this series. So this is a question about extra inning games with the runner on second. And it's kind of for you, but also to like all managers and all baseball brains out there because this is something we've been trying to understand why we don't see it happen more. If you're the away team mm-hmm. and it's tied, and the runner on second, he scores, the game's over. How come we don't see teams look at the first two batters that are coming up, decide which one they want to attack, and then the other one just put him on first? Because if he scores, it doesn't matter. The game's already over. You mean if you're the road team? Yeah, if you're the away team. So it'd be bottom 10. So it'd be bottom. It's an extra out. that does happen, and it is in play. Okay, I, I we've I thought it would almost be automatic sometimes. Like, well, the only thing he does is provide a double play, unless you have right. two guys who you're think your best chance is like a strikeout. You know, right. but if you look at those first two hitters, yeah, it, it doesn't happen as much as I thought it would. Yeah, I think I think no, the one I think I the mean, one I think I think the strikeout comes in play a little bit there if you have a guy that you feel like is absolutely not going to bunt because the bunt comes more in play there. If, if you're the home team and the visiting team doesn't score. Right. So that opens up the bunt in my eyes to more people. Now there's still though, several guys on each team that, you know, aren't going to bunt in that situation. So you're in a little, you're up against it a little bit, obviously having not scored. So even if it's a good player there, you might take your shot at, at, at getting the strikeout because you know they're not just going to give themselves up in that situation, and then you might be in a position to walk the next guy to set up a double play. Yeah, I actually like but it better as trying to get the first out. Once you have one out, and then it's an inning-ending double play, the correct. second guy, because then you're a pitch away from ending it, especially with the Yankees bullpen, so many ground ball guys. Yeah, I, I think that's more in play than you guys think. Maybe there's been some cases where it hasn't happened, but on the road, that's more in play than you think. Okay. That's where... I, we originally were going to ask it after in Tampa, Albert Abreu comes in uh, bottom 10. This is a couple weeks ago, and he gets Ramirez to fly out to center, runnered in advance, right. um, and then Paredes was up. He slaps one, wins the game. But I guess that was that was one of our moments where we were like, you got the first out. Like, set, give yourself the chance for the double play. Who's up? Who's who's behind him? Who I get it. Uh, let's see. So who did I say? Paredes probably does it. Lefty. So you're uh, probably going to take your chances with Paredes there. Yeah, Paredes is up, and I think Lowe, Josh Lowe had come in, and he pinched it, and he was on deck. So, yeah, I, I see the righty-lefty, but it's also, I don't know, if you get a chopper up the middle, you're you're batting again. Okay. All right. We talked about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, that was just one specific example of a question that we just kind of had for a while. I was like, oh, I think you should just get yourself one pitch away. All right, next up, Jake. The... Obviously, big news through Yankee land. Uh, Hicksy gets DFA'd and Greg Allen comes into town. Obviously, we don't need you to walk through, you know, there's parts of that process that are obvious. Aaron Hicks is really well liked and, you know, telling him is probably not the most exciting part of your day or, or whoever's got to relay that message. But I, I guess, how do you, when do you first find out? Because, uh, you know, we, we live on the about internet Allen. and we find out about Greg Allen. 
Um, and I guess walk us through that process a little bit. And then the other part that we don't know and being, again, a manager, like, do you address the team after that? Because, you know, Aaron Hicks, like like you talked about in your interviews, you know, long-tenured Yankee, eight years or something like that, that, you know, that's that's obviously a big mood change and, I don't know, an elephant in the clubhouse if you don't talk about it? Right. Um, yeah, so obviously, I mean, that's obviously difficult. Aaron's been here a long time and um, – you know, and it's it's been tough the last couple of years, you know, last year and this year and having some different injuries that have, you know, tripped them up a little bit and certainly affected them. Um, so, you know, <clears throat> I mean, that's difficult in and of itself. But so, I, I mean, really, we knew Greg Allen had an out. Um, so that was on our radar, um, you know, a few days before. I, I mean, maybe maybe the front office radar radar even longer than that, but it was, you know, kind of on my radar, you know, a few days before that, that might be something that might be in play. Um, And then really it just came down to when it was available, like the fit, you know, Um, you know, I just feel like, you know, Greg Allen's done. First of all, Greg Allen's in a good place. Feel like skill set wise, he's still very much the same player. You know, it was 23 for 23 stolen bases in AAA. Like, he's running well. He's been hitting well. Uh, he's played this role well. He's played this role with us well. Yeah. Um, so, to me, it just came down to a better fit for the role and how much, how many actual, you know, starts, regular play are, is there for Aaron when – you know, the role probably presents itself better for Greg Allen. And and that's where the decision kind of ultimately comes down, um, you know, but but still difficult when, you know, I mean, we've been through a lot with Aaron and, and Aaron's had a lot of great moments. He's had, he's had some really strong seasons with us. He's had some really great moments in the postseason. Um, so it's it's difficult. And um try to be respectful of that. And, uh, but, but ultimately it just came down to, I think just the role was a difficult one, I think for Aaron. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of a Greg Allen was part of that wave in 2021 where, yeah. and this is just kind of like, you know, fan speculation, but we saw athleticism on full display. That 2021 team was, was pretty slow. Uh, they were, you know, it was a lot of ground ball double plays. And Cashman has addressed that at the end of the year. He said, we wanted to get more athletic. We want to get more speed, all that. And it seemed like that 10-game window where you had Wade and, and Allen just b- balls Glasses. in play and running and, uh, yeah, squid, like uh, maybe opened eyes or, or just kind of like cemented, at least in our heads, like, oh, yeah, that is nice. And Allen was part of that. And then Cashman says, we want to get more athletic. And now I love the balance of the team between speed uh, I think he's a great addition off the bench as well. And like that triple he hit was kind of blinding speed. That was nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, you think about it, you know, he's, he's already got the stolen base in, in a big spot, you know, as the ghost runner, like it's a big tag up. Not a lot of guys are able to tag up on that play that puts judgy in a good spot where they have to bring the infield in. Now all of a sudden you open up the field a little bit for, for him more. So um, yeah, I think he's, I think, he's really cut out for the role and being a switch hitter can play all three. Yeah. So when spots start, you can pick your spots, but, but having that weapon over there off the bench that can serve a lot of purposes is really nice. And he can really defend in the outfield too. 
Yeah. Hey, when Stan comes back, I'm skipping ahead on you, Jake, but when this is this was Jake's thought. When Stan comes back and he slides into that lineup and you know, whatever the four hole, if if Glaber stays lead off and, and DJ stays five hole, that's a one lefty lineup. Uh or two, if you make sure, you know, the left fielder is a lefty off the bench that day, be like Bowers. Um, as, as Waldo, Waldo with the right split, blah, 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 blah. Is that going to be something where, like, that's not that, that that's not that many? And usually you guys have always liked the lefties, and I'm, I'm guessing if Stan's DHing, Calhoun's not DHing nor playing the field. But, uh, or I don't know if he's still with you guys when that comes. But yeah. you've liked putting the lefty kind of, if, even if the skill set isn't, you know, the fifth hitter, like, that's been kind of to break up all the righties. When Stan comes back, is there any concern about being, you know, potentially eight out of nine righties? Yeah, I mean, look, I think you pick your spots. You know, obviously, I mean, in a perfect world, you always have balance, right? But it's not always perfect. And so you pick your spots where on a where if you say it's the eight out of nine righties, um, you know, that's going to be a day where maybe you're facing – uh, you know, a, a pitcher that's not maybe for, first of all, maybe a lefty, but second of all, maybe not a heavy split starting pitcher or depending what their bullpen looks like, um, you know, where you have a tougher lefty, you still have most of our, you know, uh, extras or even guys that might be in the lineup are, are left-handed. So you can pick your days where you, you know, still have your, two, three, maybe even four lefties in there on a given day, depending on the matchup. So just try and be smart about it and um, and and also not get ahead of yourself uh, where you start like, oh, what this looks like is the, the season and the roster can change on a dime uh, unexpectedly. So we'll try and put our best foot forward always, and and hopefully there's some balance mixed in there. When talking about balance and, and righty-lefty splits, um, I in – Clark and and the Orioles, they have they potentially could go four lefties right out the gates in Game Three of this upcoming series. Now I've asked about this a bunch and and talked about the opener you used it against the blue with the Blue Jays with Brito and it worked really well. Is that's got to be in play, right? I mean, if the bullpen everything goes accordingly and you have an arm available to use an opener for Clark, yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, but that's. Again, that feels like far away right now. That's a few days out. You know, we got start of start of a series today, and you know we'll see how we'll see how uh, you know we'll see how the bullpen usage unfolds in the next couple of days, and see where we're at. We're obviously going to need um, you know a starter for was it sat Friday Saturday? Um, so you know we'll we'll figure it out. Was that when Domingo comes back? When he's a- no Domingo's back Monday, so we need a spot starter or something uh, Friday or Saturday. And is there is there anything to with all the off days this month to getting a little funky with the rotation to go into four man when you can in June or <laughs> it's May twenty third? So <laughs> yeah, slow it down. You got some guys who are give you length, yeah, consistently. Um, look, we'll see where we are. We, we we don't have another off day for ten days. We got nine straight right now. Like, so we, then, what is missing, it like three and, and six we're missing days? a start. So we got a lot of things to consider. 
It's true. Booney, I'm a vibes guy. You can probably tell by my Oswaldo necklace, my Harrison Bader t-shirt, and my wow. general swagger. Um, <laughs> he was right. He wrote all that down. General. <laughs> um, and I'm laughing because we've, we've done some serious baseball stuff. And hey, the vibes are good. Yankees are one of the best team in baseball in May and all of that stuff. So let's land where we traditionally land uh, with you and talk some Brad Wilkerson. He gets called Fat Boy. Um, and we heard there was some ribbing uh, internally. I, I think Meredith reported that, that some of the Yankees uh, inside the clubhouse had discussed that. I guess what goes on there when, you know, a, a bunch of guys, one, one of your buddies kind of gets, <laughs> gets the business end in an unfair way? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Brad Wilkerson did some raking back in his day. So sure did. He's been, he's been a nice addition to our staff, so... Um, it was uncalled for. Yeah, and, yeah, it's rude. And, uh, but he's he's uh, he's taken it all in stride, and um, you know we're we've we're trying to keep it all in our dugout and our clubhouse. <laughs> so, um, so I guess maybe there's been a little fun with it, but we don't like that. We don't like that shaming. No, no, because he's not. He's not. He's a. Uh... I bet he's. No. I bet he can still hit in the cages a little bit. I know we talked about you on your fiftieth. Like I bet Brad could still swing it. No doubt. No doubt. He had some serious pop too. What was Bader talking about? Watching watching your highlights. Yeah. Did what you, was that? Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brad Weber put together a little Cincinnati highlight reel of me before our hitters meeting uh, on the first day of of so. Uh, so the boys saw that a little bit. So I had to make, you know, I, I was beating that drum. I was like, we got to represent Cincy. This place is important to me. We got to look good. And, uh, and the guys picked me up big time and, uh, judge hits a Homer right out of the chute and he goes, comes back and told me that was for me and, and, <laughs> and it was onward from there. But Webby put together a, a pretty good highlight reel. So made me, made me look even better than, Sir, definitely better than I was. That's for sure. I like that. Oh, I, I have something. If, if we're, you know, this is only May. Let's not get ahead. I'm going all the way to September. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, Webby, can you make sure Weber comes back uh, if he's not with the team at the time uh, for the next Blue Jays series? Because it's awesome if he just shuts them down again. Oh, you're talking Ryan Weber. Yeah. You're talking Ryan Weber. Yeah, yeah. Talking. Web dog. Yeah. Because that no, was some of the more fun. Yes. Um, Webby's been great, man. Ryan Weber, that is. Pitching. Yes. He's yeah. been healing. Um, so he's, uh, he's, he's always awesome to have here, and especially when he goes out and, and uh, you know, picking up saves, closing teams out. Love it. Love to see a different look. Different Very look. different look. Just kind of slinging it up there. You know, a lot of yep. movement. I think his whiff percentage is zero. Great, great golfer. Okay. Great golfer. Okay. And you kind of see it in how he pitches. Kind of looks like a golfer, right? I think you get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think you when he's like a plus five. I think handy index. That's that's legit. Not a bad life. You put Bader in center. Put Allen in left. Judge in right. If that's your best outfield alignment, and bring Weber in, and it's basically. You know, they just get the shag because you're just going to get fly balls, fly balls, and outs. I think he's got zero whip percentage, but that was awesome. 
Yeah. Ball's in play. Just stay off the barrel. We're good. Any concern with Bader diving so much? Or no? I don't have any. But I know Judge has tempered his diving because he got injured in 2019. And he's come out and said, like, you know, I'm not going to go crazy. I don't know. I just know when the ball goes up at center and kind of that first, like, extra base hit thought pops in your head and there here comes Harrison with his cape on. Um, you know, I, I, I love seeing that. He's such a, such a difference maker out there, man. It's fun. It's eye-opening. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Yeah. All right. I think that's all we got for you. All right. I'm going to make some face mashes next week. I I dabbled with some, they weren't great, but I think we're going to, I'm going to have some good ones for you. All right. And maybe back to some trivia, huh? Yeah, okay. get it all going. You know, you guys were you're playing so good. We were in such a good mood. We had we took the off day off too. So you know, all right, we'll get back. Playing well, right. playing well, playing well. Oh, I disagree. I think it's been really good. <laughs> <laughs> not, vo- not vocab guys over yeah. here. All right, see you, Booney. See you guys. And there you have it. That was Boone, Aaron Boone. A little chill episode. The pitching is interesting, Jake, and I think they should not let Clark see that Orioles lineup unless they've won the first two games and they're just like, hey, go eat innings, Clarky, because we already won this series. If it's a rubber match, you can't have Clark face that that lineup. Boone banter brought to you by Vizio. Uh, yeah, no, it's... Jam- I understand they're in a tight spot. I'm starting to rack my head a little more because... Uh, what if I what if I could tell you what if they kept the bullpen fresco fresco and they push Clark to San Diego and do the do the spot start bullpen day in Baltimore could so against Baltimore Cole, I don't know Cole I, Nestor bullpen like if Cole and Nestor give you two yeah two good outings and the bullpen's fresh like you could go that route with it length. could you bring Davey back up is he on schedule slash can he be and Maybe then you would send like web dog down um yeah I mean the burnout I'm sure Weissert or Davey or one of the relievers that they could get two yeah. or three innings from you could do something there yeah Davey's a little more stretched out but yeah I mean if we're looking at a rubber match against the Orioles and and it'd be the 25th and he Pitched on the 10th, so 15 days would be that day. Yeah. Interesting. Just, just, I, I understand Boone saying, you know, it's May. We are down a player because right. he got suspended and we don't have a lot of pitchers and we're taxed. I get it. But in division against the Orioles, who are a good team. If it's like a rubber match, can't really let that happen. What if it's not? What if the Yankees have won the first two? Then are you okay? I actually rather depending on if bullpen's available, right. do a straight bullpen day and save Clark. Or if you're using Clark, you'd need a two-inning like opener, which is basically a bullpen day. So, yeah. yeah. Bulk guys. Yeah. What else did you like? You know, Ribbon of Brad. and It was good. It was a good episode. I mean, there was... Uh, the Greg Allen stuff is interesting. Like, he had an out, I guess. I didn't know that, that like he was going to be able to opt out of the Red Sox situation. Yeah, I think you'd really like that because I don't know the ins and outs, but it was like a promotion clause that if he had an opportunity to be on another major league roster, the Red Sox basically had to trade him. So I'd love to talk to Cash because I'm sure he was drinking that up. Yeah. Like the Red Sox have to trade you to us. So all those have to be publicly public contracts? 
Like I, you know, I don't know. There's no way for the, us to find that, I guess. Or um, well, some guys with a certain number of service time, and he has three years. There's built-in opt-outs. I know part of the new CBA is that you can't like all the opt-outs are like it's exactly like April first, June first. So I wonder they, they if they said it, it like it's one it's of these a structured days. day. So like on May fifteenth, all AAA players with X amount of service time, if offered a 40 man spot on another team you have to make that trade is that it, that's kind of wild i wish we had a list could be negotiable as well i like i don't know how how the agents how far they can get involved but yeah i was like how how does that go how do the Yankees decide we'll give you Diego Hernandez for Greg Allen you want to hear you know Jakey shower thoughts who hasn't been out a lot this year haven't been showering um <laughs> is that you know i was like how <laughs> If you ranked every outfielder in Major League Baseball, or, yeah, eligible for Major League Baseball, so, you know, taking out players in Japan and stuff, Cuba, what, where would Greg Allen rank? Like, is he a top, is he, like, the 75th best outfielder? Because, in theory, the top 90 best outfielders in the world are eligible for Major League Baseball would be starting outfielders, but that's not how it works because you play prospects and you try yeah. other guys. So I was wondering, in the realm of Major League outfielders, where does Greg Allen rank? Sound off below. Sound off below. He's pretty good. You know? Yeah. Like, okay. is, is he 75th, but he's just in this weird middle area where other teams have to play young guys to see if they are good? People kind of know who Greg Allen is or they think they know who Greg Allen is. So he was, that's great he for was a in that role. weird AAA limbo that actually gets him... Basically a guaranteed Yankees roster spot the rest of the year. That's also pretty crazy to think about. Oh, they can't lose him? Are we in one of those situations? I mean, they can, oh. but think about the dramatics they went through calling him like the perfect bench piece. And we, yeah. this is the guy we He moved, gets a real chance. This is the guy we moved on from Hicks from. Like, Greg Allen would have to be... I don't know. I think he'd have to be very, think, very bad for the Yankees have, to move on. I think on. he'd have to be very bad, and the Yankees would have to get, like, all the way healthy, which no team does. Yeah. Interesting. Hey, let's do a quick guess the lineup tonight. If it's uh, Ooh, we, we a little Ooh. GTL brought to you by our event at the Taylor, June 3rd. So we'll see you guys there. There's still a couple tickets left. We're almost sold out. Uh, so if you're thinking about coming, June 3rd at the Taylor, uh, five thirty. Yeah, and put Yankees this on the Dodgers? top of the show, and then do it again. It'll be like uh, this is coming up later. Mode, Whoa! Did it, it not... happen twice? Yeah, because we forgot to do it at the top of the show. Deja vu. Yeah, handful of tickets available. Go get them. Deja vu freaks me out. Yeah, it is. It is very scary. Coming off an off day, and they're facing right-handed pitcher Kyle Bradish. Something yeah. kind of Bradish. You've always liked the name Brad. Be honest, Brad. Brad. Well, I have a good friend named you Brad. You have a good friend named Brad. It's my DJ name. I don't it's know your, if that counts as me liking your, I mean, stop right there. You just said it's your DJ name. Yeah, but I don't know if you like your DJ name. Sometimes you get pigeonholed into DJ names. Uh, an example of that. DJ Yup. Maybe he's wanted to change Also, your favorite DJ Yeah, but name. maybe he doesn't want to so, be so, DJ Yup no, anymore. No, get you know? off of that. You get stuck, You man. like the name Brad. Um, and Kyle being Bradish makes you laugh. So... Who are the who is he seeing tonight in the Yankees lineup? Glaber. Glaber. That's Rizzo. Yes. Yep. No, oh, sorry. Glaber. Judge. Rizzo. Yes. LeMahieu. Mm. Calhoun. Mm. Bader. 
Volpe, Bowers, Higgy. So you've got no Isvaldo, Greg Allen on the bench, no IKF. Maybe no, as Waldo over Bader then. No Rortfat? No, uh, maybe. Bader's two for Ooh, four homer and a double off Bradish. So. I think Cole's going to go with Higgy. Unless he's been doing bullpens with Rortfat. Um, yeah, I'm interested in that bottom of the lineup. Would they... Could be Cabrera over Bowers. They're going to try and get three lefties. Rizzo, Calhoun, and uh, and Bowers or Oswaldo. Yeah, Oswaldo. I kind of liked Oswaldo in the nine hole there as your switch to flip the lineup. Uh, I guess I'm interested to see. You also, we're in full-blown Bowers Calhoun figure-it-out mode, right? A little bit. A little like bit. Like if Stanton... Calhoun's doesn't offer you much, so... The fact that Bowers can run is helpful. Right, but if Bowers doesn't hit at all and Willie does, like they, Willie Calhoun could like land in a Matt Carpenter-type role where he's your pinch hitter for the catcher. Bowers does deal. a better job faking outfield than Willie does, but it also he hasn't is been, faking. Hasn't been special out there. In fact, he hasn't been good, and yeah. his stats are pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, but neither, Calhoun's not neither, No one's hitting. Willie's been hitting recently. I don't think so. I don't. I, I think it's nothing. Got, it's, I think it's nothing to write home about. I think he's got three hits in his last four games. His uh, he's got three hits in his last six games. Last he's twelve got, games, he's got an eight fifty six OPS. But what is that? Just one homer? Uh, three homers. So again, I mean, you know, we're cutting straws between Bowers and Willie here, but I don't think the offense is enough to warrant having no other ability for Calhoun. I'm interested to see. Yeah. If if we're sitting here, Stanton's back in a week and a half, two weeks, and Willie has an 800 OPS in the month and Bowers hasn't done much, it's a conversation. It seems like it's going to be between the two of them, so. Yeah. Bowers is the Tampa killer, though, so. Mm. All right, that's the episode. Thank you guys very much. Appreciate you. See you later. Goodbye. Go Yanks. Tell them, Grams. Go Yankees.